Hey there! Welcome to episode 73 of the Authors Read Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is Joel Malkoff, and he'll read from his book, Selling Ethically, a business parable connecting integrity with profits. Introduction Can you be ethical in business and still make a profit? Yes! There is a positive relationship between business ethics and profitability. Ethical marketing and selling will allow you and your company to build sales revenue and sustainable profits over the long term. Companies that enjoy an ethical reputation have a competitive advantage. Ethical behavior creates dedicated employees and loyal customers. Your employees are committed to a higher standard of teamwork and operational efficiency. Loyal customers perceive your products and services as being of higher quality. Satisfied customers require less costly marketing promotions to maintain their business. Salespeople will spend their time more efficiently by building positive and profitable customer relationships. When marketing and salespeople learn and practice business ethics, such as honest selling and truthful advertising, you achieve many benefits. You build better customer relationships. You sell more products and services by customer referrals. You increase your sales revenue and profits. When your company and employees act ethically, such as by maintaining transparent business operations, your stakeholders gain sustainable value through long-term revenue growth and profitability. The challenge is to conduct business ethically and achieve business objectives and profits in a marketplace plagued with unethical behavior that is often accepted as the normal way to do business. Personal Ethics versus Business Ethics Many ethical problems exist because people separate their ethical behavior between their personal life and the corporation. An individual may not think of misleading people or stealing on a personal basis, but sees nothing wrong with this unethical behavior in corporate life. The answer is clear. There is no difference between your personal ethics and your business ethics. Letter of the Law versus Spirit of the Law A person can meet the letter of the law and still behave unethically. Business ethics is about pursuing the spirit of the law, going beyond the letter of the law. The goal of ethical behavior is the practice of goodness in addition to fairness. Let the buyer beware versus let the seller beware. Business ethics rejects the concept of let the buyer beware and places the onus of full disclosure on the seller. The seller has the responsibility to disclose product defects and other limitations, even in the absence of a written guarantee. In the ethical world, the obligation is on the seller to provide full disclosure. Let the seller beware. As a successful businessman, I have generated over $500 million in total sales during the last 45 years. I attribute my success to a lifelong journey of learning and teaching ethical values. This book is written as a parable, since a good story is an excellent method to teach business principles. 
I hope my book will inspire you to live a more ethical life. Chapter 1 Make the Decision The new competitor was aggressive and dishonest, threatening our market share. So what? It shouldn't have been a problem for me. I had 45 years of experience creating strategies to fight intense competition. I usually won. Why was I concerned now? Years ago, I had defeated a competitor with a loss leader promotion that eventually led to the competition's bankruptcy. I was treated as a hero. I was confident in my decision. But it was different now. I had changed and regretted that decision, among others made years ago. And yet, I hated to lose even one sale. A philosophy ingrained in me when I was a young territory sales representative was that a sale represented a multitude of future referrals and repeat business. My life was filled with decision-making. I was the president of PCI Care, a manufacturer of medical vital signs monitors. We had an excellent reputation for service and fair pricing, although the market was price-sensitive. This new competitor was undercutting our prices. We could launch a giveaway promotion, but the loss leader tactic no longer felt right to me. I had worked hard, creating a company that valued integrity and sold honestly. Why not compete fairly? I wrestled with the decision as I entered a hot shower. Sometimes my best ideas happened during long showers. It was so good to be home. I was looking forward to Rachel's delicious dinner, ending my five-day water fast. I enjoyed fasting. It cleared my head. Whoa. I felt dizzy. Ouch! My left shoulder hurt, and the pain traveled down my arm. Was I having a heart attack? Okay. Calm down, David. Step out of the shower, wrap yourself in a towel, and sit down. Should I call Rachel? I don't want to scare her if it's nothing. Thoughts flooded my mind. We'd been married for over 47 years, together since high school, love at first sight, soulmates. We needed more time. Okay, stop thinking crazy. Calm down, David, and focus. Rach! Chapter 2 I opened my eyes but couldn't focus for a few moments. The surroundings looked fuzzy, white, and sterile. Was this a hospital? Did I have a heart attack? Was I dead? Someone tapped my shoulder. As I turned around, a short man with a long gray beard wearing a full-length white robe gestured for me to accompany him. I hesitated, but then followed him through two massive double doors into a colossal room that appeared never-ending. Near the front was a raised platform with three people seated even higher behind a long table. In the distant rear, floating in mid-air, were two enormous galleries. There must have been thousands of people in each gallery. The sidewalls were white and oblique like a hologram. I said to myself, Okay, David, calm yourself down. 
realizing I was still wrapped in my bath towel, adding embarrassment to my confusion. Where am I? I asked the gray-bearded man in a trembling voice. Am I dead? My usher answered softly. Please, calm down. You're not dead yet. A moment of relief disappeared with yet. Who are you? He smiled, handing me a white robe. I am Noah the scribe. And you, Mr. King, are in the heavenly court. What? I shouted loudly. If I'm not dead, why am I in heaven? Noah gently patted my shoulder. We will explain everything, he said as he walked towards a large book resting on a small desk. He lifted the book so I could see my name, David King, embossed in gold lettering on the front cover. My book of life, I thought. Noah continued. Mr. King, you were brought to the heavenly court at this time to defend your life. What you see is your book of life, a record of all your good and bad deeds. A person's book of life determines his appropriate place in heaven. So I am dead. As I said, no, the heavenly court wants to hear your defense before making the final judgment. You see, Mr. King, most people accumulate enough good or bad deeds to decisively tip the scale of justice in one direction or the other. However, your scale of justice is perilously teetering, so the fate of your eternal soul is problematic. There was a judicial debate, and the majority voted in favor of your appearance before the heavenly court to defend your life. To defend my life? Noah moved closer. Yes, we will explain the court procedures to you. Mr. King, you will have the opportunity to revisit moments of your life. The prosecution and defense will each select past and present events. To defend your life properly during these proceedings, you will be obliged to observe the full ramifications of your decisions beyond your current knowledge. Noah pointed to the raised bench. The three chief justices of the heavenly court seated before you will determine whether you shall resume your earthly life or if your eternal soul would be better served in heaven now. I thought, am I really here? I shook my head, trying to wake myself from an impossible dream. As if Noah knew my thoughts, he said, You are not dreaming, Mr. King. Please understand that there are many questions you will be asked during your trial. But the first and most important question for you is, Were you ethical in business? I impulsively answered the question, Yes, I believe I've been ethical in business. For many years I have studied and practiced good business ethics, improving my acumen every day. One of the chief justices stated, You are out of order, Mr. King, Noah interjected. We know you studied business ethics. Soon you will have the opportunity to see the positive and negative effects of your business decisions. It is rare for a living person to see the long-term consequences of his actions. Many people see ethics and business as separate entities. This belief is wrong. An individual's business ethics and personal ethics must be aligned 
if one is to be a person of integrity. Noah continued. Mr. King, it would be appropriate to explain the heavenly court to you now. First, let me formally introduce myself. I am Noah, the heavenly court scribe, and an angel. I'm responsible for recording your life from your childhood in Brooklyn, New York, to your marriage to Rachel, and throughout your business career. I have recorded all your private moments and thoughts, known only to you, me, and God. Noah approached the judicial bench. It is my honor to introduce the three chief justices of the heavenly court. Chief Justice Michael represents the attribute of mercy, an angel well known for empathy. Justice Michael nodded. Noah continued. Chief Justice Gabriel represents the attribute of severity, an angel known for strictness. Justice Gabriel sat stoically, barely looking up from a scroll. And finally, Chief Justice Deborah, a deceased earthly soul, well known for her loving kindness, represents peace. Justice Deborah was a warrior, judge, and prophetess on earth. She smiled warmly. Noah drew my attention to another figure seated across from us. It is my honor to introduce the prosecuting angel, Chief Prosecutor Samuel. He will argue that you should be held fully accountable for all your indiscretions and proceed directly to your rightful place in heaven. Yes, there are levels in heaven, a hierarchy. The more righteous you are, the closer you are to the warmth and joy of the divine light. Yes, there is a purgatory and hell for the intentionally evil. But it is beyond our discussion now. Prosecutor Samuel's face was unrevealing. In the distance, Noah gestured to the large gathering of spectators sitting in the two galleries. One gallery is filled with defending angels created by your good deeds, and the second gallery consists of accusing angels created by bad deeds. I knew from my studies about these types of angels, but to see the physical manifestation was unimaginable. As I turned from the galleries, I noticed a portrait on an easel near the judicial bench. The picture of a wise-looking man with a long white beard, soft brown eyes, a small scar on his left cheek, and a gentle smile. The person looked strangely familiar. Maybe he was a distant relative? I wanted to ask Noah about the portrait, but an overwhelming feeling of loss distracted me. What about Rachel? Was she worried about my absence? Or had time stopped? I wanted to see Rachel and my family now. I thought about my wonderful life, blessed by God, both materially and spiritually. I was... Noah interrupted my thoughts. The chief justices will explain the heavenly court procedures. Justice Gabriel glanced at the other two justices and spoke. The heavenly court's decision is based on ethical behavior. The guiding principle is the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. On earth, a person may act in a way which is perfectly legal, but not ethical. In the heavenly court, we determine if a person's deeds go beyond the letter of the law and reach the higher ethical standards of the spirit of the law. Justice Michael said, 
The angels in the galleries may be called upon to testify as a person's character witnesses. Justice Deborah concluded, There is no jury in the heavenly court. We, the chief justices, make the final decision. The verdict is decided by a simple two-vote majority. Noah spoke. In the heavenly court, you can choose an angel as your defense attorney, or you may represent yourself. Before I could ponder the idea of an angelic attorney, Noah raised his hand, and five angels stood in front of me. I studied their faces. Each angel appeared eager and confident to represent me. We exchanged no words. I'm not sure why, but I decided to represent myself. I would like to defend my own life, I stated firmly and confidently. Very well, Mr. King. I will do my best to guide you through the trial. First, we will make earthbound visits to your past, which will be chosen by the prosecution to strengthen its case. Afterwards, you will choose the events of your past to defend your life. In summary, you will bear witness to your past business decisions and their long-term effects so you can attempt to defend your life, Noah concluded. My head was spinning. Where would we go? I felt a mixture of fear and excitement. Mr. King, are you ready to travel now? Noah said. Yes, scribe Noah. Just call me Noah. I'd like to thank Joel for sharing his book with us today. And thank you for listening to the Author's Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Author's Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!